You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. It's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible. A great resource for you. I'm going to be sharing this Sunday at Skyline Church on the amazing evidences for the truth of the Bible uh, regarding archaeology. So I hope you can make it out. It's at Skyline Church uh, out in Rancho San Diego if you're local to Southern California. Service times are 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. And would love to have you out there. You'll be encouraged and blessed uh, by these evidences. They're amazing evidences showing the truth of God's word. You may or may not know, uh, Gallup recently came out with the latest, its latest um, review of creation versus evolution and the beliefs in the U.S. And it says here, this, t- this article is titled, Belief in Creationist View of Humans at New Low. It says, the percentage of U.S. adults who believe that God created humans in their present form at some time within the last 10,000 years or so, the strict creationist view has reached a new low. 38% of U.S. adults now accept creationism. Now, what's interesting here is that um, the article goes on to show that um, the majority of people do believe in God. They believe that God created everything, but there's an increasing percentage of people that believe that God used evolution to create. And it looks like we're at a neck and neck tie here. About 38% believe that God used evolution and another 38% believed in creation. Around 19 or 20% believe that God, uh, that God was not involved and that everything just evolved. And so uh, if you've been listening to my show at all, you know I've interviewed plenty of people uh, that believe in creation as well as people that don't believe in creation. I recently interviewed Lawrence Krauss. He's a very famous atheist physicist at Arizona State University who says that uh, everything came from nothing. So he, he, he has uh, decided he's figured out a way to justify the idea that there's no need for a cause for the universe. The universe essentially caused itself and came from nothing. You can listen to that interview, but... My guest today is David Reeves, and he is a creationist. He has his own uh, creation ministry, which is having an, uh, a fantastic impact. He's sharing all over the world. He has a TV program. He's on TBU, uh, TBN and um, DavidReeves.com, all kinds of fantastic videos that he has on there. Um, sharing about creation and the science that supports creation. And uh, David, you're here all the way from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. That's correct. That's fantastic. Thanks for being here. And um, I'm excited because you're going to be speaking at the Creation uh, Museum Day on Saturday, and uh, hopefully I'll get to hear you. And what are you speaking on at the Creation Museum? Well, I think I'm speaking a couple of different times. I'm going to be talking about Bible Knows Best and Wonders Without Number. Uh, and so with the Bible Knows Best, basically I'm going to break down a, uh, a concept because everybody's heard this term before, even if you've never watched the TV series or even if you never listened to the radio serial that came before, you've heard the term Father Knows Best. Yeah. It's just part of America's culture, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I got to thinking about that one day and I was like, uh, well, 
you know, if the Father knows best, and I believe he does, the Father of it all, yeah. the Father of creation, yeah. uh, then he inspired the words of the Bible. So the Bible is the word of God, the word of the Father, and so by implication, the Bible also knows best. That means that it should be 100% correct when it talks about history, 100% correct when it talks about prophecy, 100% correct when it talks about science. That's fantastic. You know, what's interesting, too, I I recently interviewed uh, somebody on the Reformation um, because we're on the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation, and one of the principles that came out of that was sola scriptura. Yes. And is that does that apply here to what you're talking about? Uh, you know, Bible knows best. Well, absolutely. You know, a, a lot of people that uh, that we come in contact with, they say, "Well, David, you know, you have to use nature to interpret everything, and nature is like the, you know, it, it's it's the." Another book of the Bible. Mm, we yeah, just need to sort of too, yeah. add it all together there and take that at face value. But you see, there's there's a difference because when we look at nature and when we use the sciences to study the natural world, yeah. what I would call creation, yeah. uh, there's interpretations involved. Our own interpretations always come out when we're studying nature. However, the Word of God, yes, we can try to twist those words and we can try to make them mean what we want them to mean, but they're pretty clear. Yeah. And so we've got to stick solely to Scripture, Scripture only. And uh, so it's absolutely relevant. Yeah, as our premier authority. That's really interesting what you're saying, too, because people often say, like you said, we've got— uh, revelation from nature, and we've got revelation from the Word of God. And so they'll say, hey, we've got these two books mm-hmm. uh, that we can refer to. But I like what you're saying there. You're saying that, hey, when when we read the Bible, uh, it's God telling us how it is. When we look at nature, it's our interpretation, and our biases often come into play and will taint how we receive What's in nature, and so it's less clear. Is that it, absolutely? And yeah. of course, that's what a lot of sci- you know uh, creation scientists talk about is worldview. So yeah. our worldview always comes across. But here's sure. the thing: Sir Isaac Newton poetically talked about the book of nature. He said, "Yeah, we can study th- and we can learn." Yeah. Isn't that what Paul told the Romans? He yeah. said, "The invisible things from the creation of the world are being clearly understood by the things that are made, even God's eternal power, His mm. Godhead Himself." Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can study nature, and yes, we can give God the glory for what He has created, but it doesn't come innately. Our views and our interpretations come through when we use science. When we start with the Word of God, well, that's that's always a good foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's interesting, would you say, you know, I just read this Gallup poll, and I've been looking at these polls, you know, and we're seeing that uh, people still believe in God, but the problem is is that they're starting to bring evolution into the picture. Do you think that people are taking their eyes off of this idea that Bible knows best? Yes. Well, you see, this is sort of a dangerous trend, and I have many good friends who believe that, you know, we can sort of try to stuff evolution into the Bible. We can compromise in these small ways and fit in millions of years, billions of years, yeah. and, and just say God did it, right? Yeah. Okay, but but the fact is, it's a compromise. Mm. We're actually creating a compromise because if you gave the Bible, if you gave the book of Genesis to the average person on the street, they'd never touched the Bible before. They'd yeah. never gone to uh, high school. They'd never gone into a science class in their life. You said, read 
the first book of the Bible. And as they read through it, they would never come back and say, oh, well, David, right here where it says, uh, you know, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, I I think that that's probably six million years or six eons of time or six billion years. Mm. No, there's no way that you could get that. A plain literal interpretation would always seem to indicate six literal days for creation. He rested on the seventh. Yeah. And to me, that is what also fits with good scientific principles, science that's observable, repeatable, demonstrable, empirical science. That's fantastic. Now, uh, you know, something that comes up a lot when any, anytime somebody who is on the opposing viewpoint, hears you say, we've got to interpret the Bible literally. They immediately say, Hey, look, this guy, uh, can't differentiate between poetry and, and, uh, actual, you know, narrative or historical narrative or something like that. Well, you see, but that's sort of a, a that's that's sort of a false concept because when I say literally, I mean that the context makes it clear. When mm. it's poetry, the context is perfectly clear that it's poetry there. Yeah. When it's prophecy, it's perfectly clear from the context that this is a prophetic event being talked about. Yeah. But when it's a historical narrative such as the Book of Genesis, it is perfectly clear from the context that it is a historical narrative. In other words, it is literally true based on the concept, based on the context, and it's easy to determine context. That's great. And I want to I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I also want to let our guests know a little bit of your background about, you know, how did you come to be so passionate about the creation evolution issue? And you've got a ministry that's reaching uh, thousands, uh, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And um, that's so fantastic. And I, I'm just curious for them to hear the, your backstory and kind of where you came from. And uh, did you grow up in a Christian family? And, uh, you know, what makes you the person that you are today and where you're at today? My guest is David Reeves, davidreeves.com. I, I recommend you check out his website. All kinds of amazing resources there. Uh, it's a fantastic ministry that you want to support. You want to see the truth get out there. You know, uh, a lot of what we're hearing in the world today um, is an echo chamber. We're hearing people say things. They're just repeating information. They're not actually verifying that the information they're hearing is actually true. And I think this is part of the struggle is we want to get at the truth and uh, uh, Truth is not determined by majority. It's not even determined by experts. Truth is determined by the evidence that we have uh, for what is true and by the Word of God. And so when we come back, uh, we're going to continue to talk to my guest, David Reeves. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-825-3985. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. 
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fastlane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastlaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. I will cast my cares on you. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. You can listen to a recording of this show if you missed the first segment. You can also listen to lots of previous shows. I have all kinds of experts on there, including Dr. James Torrey. He's one of the foremost scientists in the world. He's ranked as one of the top 50 scientists in the world. And he says he's an organic synthetic chemist. He says evolution is absolutely impossible from a molecular level. He says that the molecules are thermodynamically unstable. That's a fancy way of saying they don't go together. There's no way that these molecules can come together and begin to form amino acids and proteins and everything you need for a living cell. It's just not going to happen. As well as many other experts on science on uh, sociology, on psychology, on all the different things uh, that our culture is dealing with, but most importantly on the Bible, people who have studied the Bible and come to know that it is the truth. My guest today is David Reeves, davidreeves.com. And uh, David, we closed off the last segment. We, we hopped right into our, our discussion about creation and evolution and the significance of Bible knows best and sola scriptura and these sorts of things. Um, give us a little bit of your past. Where did you grow up? How did you grow up? And how did you get so passionate about creation? Sure. Well, I've been a Christian from a very early age. I had, was raised in a Christian home, had great parents who uh, just directed me. I never never had a crisis of faith, uh, although it would have been easy to do as I studied all of these different sciences. Sure. But, when I was about 17 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do with life, N- no direction whatsoever. Um, but I knew that I liked astronomy. And uh, as a family, I knew I liked looking through telescopes, things like that. Well, I decided I wanted to get into it as a bit more of a serious hobby. So I began to take astrophotography, photos of space, right? Wow. Just like the Hubble Space Telescope can take pictures. I said, well, I could take pictures as yeah. well. <laughs> it's a little bit of an art to it, and it, it really does take years of experience. Yeah. But uh, when I started using larger telescopes, connecting cameras to the backs of those telescopes, and taking photography of space, the first time I saw – and I'm going to show you one of the first pictures I ever took – I had taken, and I know the radio audience can't see this. Oh, you can show it to the camera right here. There you go. Wow, you took that photo? Yes, this was one of the first ones I ever got. Hey, I'm impressed. And this is a My respect for you just went up. (laughs) (laughs) That's of the Great Orion Nebula. Wow. Uh, And Now, now, real quick, how did you take that photo? I mean, is that a normal camera? Uh, Well, this is an observatory-class telescope. Okay, wow. And some special cameras. Show that that to our camera again there. Special cameras with the infrared filter removed so you can get more detail and that is beautiful um, let's just say it's an art to it but when i first saw something like this that i had personally taken i was blown away 
Yeah. You know, because I'd seen the Hubble Space Telescope pictures and I'd said, oh, they doctor those. They color, they, you know, but then I see it for myself. Yeah. And that's I in said, my mind. So they don't actually doctor those. No, you know, some contrast is yeah. added. But, yeah. but no, that's really out there. That's amazing. And the first thing that popped into my mind was Psalm 19. Mm. Psalm 19 one says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Mm. It says that day unto day utters speech, and night after night showeth knowledge. But there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So mm. the heavens are actually proclaiming God's glory. They're screaming uh, out to us, right? Yeah. So I was blown away, and I said, for the first time, I said, well, I can't keep this to myself. Why is this a hobby? Why am I not using this to reach others, to share what I've learned? That's great. And to witness. Yeah. So, and you know what's interesting to me is because that is totally a witness. You know, um, I was reading this uh, study not too long ago where they said that when somebody sees something um, really beautiful, it, everybody, regardless of what you believe, has a sense of awe yes. that, that overtakes them. And, you know, you get goosebumps or whatever. You see the Grand Canyon for the first time or you see an amazing sunset or you see what you're taking photos here. And it's as if God had put in us this sense that when we see something, we immediately go, whoa. Well, now, that's the only reason that beauty makes sense mm-hmm. because we see beauty inherent in so many things. And when we build a skyscraper, we we instinctively have architects build it beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's designed to house people and companies and all of that on a small footprint, but then why does it need to be beautiful? There's no reason other than we appreciate beauty. Now, why do we appreciate beauty? The only thing that makes sense is that we are created in the image of God, and he instilled in us just this fraction of the appreciation for beauty that he has Mm. and that he installed in all of creation. Oh, that's so great. And and what's interesting is that animals don't have that same sense. No. They don't look around and go, wow, this is the most beautiful day. Just look at this and just take it in. And they don't create either. They're, they're not creative in the sense that we build these massive buildings and pieces of artwork. You don't see a bunch of uh, you know monkeys out in the forest drawing pictures and and paint, and then all sitting around admiring it. You know? and, and why is that? Yeah. If we are merely the result of millions of years of millions of mutations mm-hmm. and accidental features, then why do we behave so much differently than the animals? But that goes back to your point. You're talking about the Gallup poll that says we're kind of neck and neck with, well, maybe God did use evolution. Mm-hmm. But that's dangerous because yeah. that means that we're nothing more than animals. Maybe God directed the process, but we're still highly evolved apes, mm. basically. Mm. Now, what kind of a, a self-image does that put in your mind? Not very good for me. Yeah. But when I look at what's being taught in public schools and the universities around the country, and then I look at what happens every time you turn on Discovery Channel or National Geographic, anything, you're going to get this indoctrination of an evolutionary worldview, right? Yeah. That we are cosmic accidents that were nothing more than highly developed ape-like creatures. Well, why do we think we're seeing 22 veteran suicides every single day? Mm. Why do we see all of these school shootings as if they're just one animal killing another animal? Yeah. Maybe because that's what they were taught, that they have no purpose in life, that they're not here for any reason, that they're just Accidents, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God and that we do have a purpose yeah. in life. Yeah. You know, what's also interesting about that is that if somebody believes in evolution, I mean, you can say you believe in God, but it really uh, impugns the, the character of God because he's using death and survival of the fittest 
to create, which is horrible. Yeah. The, the Bible says that Christ conquered death. And so here we're making death out not to be the enemy anymore when death is really the ultimate en- enemy. Yeah. But, but in order for, to evolve, you have to have death. Yeah. And so again, it really plays havoc with the scriptures and even the character of God. Well, it absolutely does. But you see, I think that uh, everything we see around us makes it fairly evident that there is a designer. And mm-hmm. if we could, I'd like to talk about the hummingbird. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so the hummingbird is this little creature. It's the smallest bird on earth, the smallest of all warm-blooded creatures. Yeah. Yet it can still fly up to 34 miles per hour. It can hover. Uh, it weighs less than a post-it note at birth. Okay, so the tiny little creatures, but they'll fly from flower to flower collecting nectar, and they can tell just by tasting that nectar what the sugar content is, and if it's not at least 10%, they move to a different flower. Wow. They instinctively know that anything less than 10% couldn't sustain their super-fast metabolism with a heartbeat of 1,200 beats per minute. Whoa, that is incredible. Now, what? Now, why did you focus on the humming? What caused you to decide to focus on the hummingbird? That we may get, have to get into in the next segment okay. because that's a story <laughs> in and of itself. It's well, it's a God thing. Okay, well, that's <laughs> hey, that's a good tease. I, I want to um, I want our listeners to stay over. My guest today is David Reeves, and uh, he got into creation evolution because of astronomy. He was so astonished by uh, what he was seeing in the stars and the beauty of God, and he decided to share it with others. Please go to his website. Reeves is R I V E S. David Reeves dot com and uh, support his ministry and what he's doing. He's on TBN, uh, which is a huge uh, network of uh, ministries that are sharing the gospel and giving the hope of Jesus Christ. And uh, when is your show on on TBN? Every Saturday at, uh, let's see, it would be uh, 2.30 Eastern time. So we back that up, what, three hours? Would it okay. be 11.30 in the morning? Um, here in, in Southern here, California, here in Southern California, okay. on Saturdays, eleven thirty. It's called Creation in the Twenty First Century. That's that's great. And now you have other resources too available. To, just give us a couple of the other other resources on the website. Absolutely. So we have a twenty four seven TV network called Genesis Science Network that airs hundreds of hours of content based on biblical apologetics, science mm. in the Bible, origins, history. So kind of like Nova. Yeah, it's basically the Christian version of Nova. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, it's called Genesis Science Network. But you can reach all of that from the and website. That's no cost. And, Free to the public. Wow, that's great. You can see, there's links to that on davidrives.com, and you can it'll direct you to all of our different resources. Again, it is a ministry outreach yeah. tool that anybody can use, and we try to make it simple enough that everybody can understand that, as well. And that's what's needed. What a blessing. DavidReeves.com, check it out. We're going to be right back. We're going to continue to talk about the amazing hummingbird and how uh, it... Uh, refutes evolution in and of itself. Just that little uh, bird there. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donate to efl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donate to efl.org. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. I'm giving Thanks for joining us today on Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is join.educateforlife.org. And I started uh, this website because I, I realized that there were a lot of students. I teach at a Christian high school. I teach apologetics, defending the truth of God's word. But I realized there are a lot of students out there who need this information who don't get to attend a, a Christian school. And so... If you want to check that out, it's 40 online classes defending the truth of the Bible, covers all the different subjects you can possibly imagine. How do we know God is real uh, when we can't see him? How do we know creation is true and evolution is false? What about the issue of homosexuality? What about abortion? How do I know the Bible is truly God's word? Do I have evidence for that or do I have to take it on blind faith? All the different issues you can possibly imagine we cover on there. And today, um, I have a special guest on the radio program here with me, uh, a brother uh, who is uh, kind of a a comrade in arms here, who is um, sharing the truth of God's word through creation. He's here in Southern California to share at the Creation Museum. Uh, We have Creation Museum Day coming up this Saturday, and uh, very excited about that. David, um, so so what happened that caused you to decide to look into the, the hummingbird specifically and use that as evidence for the truth of God's Word? Okay, so back in 2013, I guess it was, I had produced this DVD called In the Beginning, Creation According to Genesis. Just a short little DVD looking at things yeah. from a creation perspective. That was one of the semifinalists at the largest Christian film festival in the world in 2013. And so I went out there for the awards ceremony, and I had brought these little DVDs, like a promotional DVD, with yeah. me. Right? And a big stack in my suitcase. And so uh, the last day of the film festival, the awards ceremonies, you know, and, and I realized— Listen, I'm not giving any of these things out, and the airlines are going to charge me to bring all this stuff back. <laughs> so I went up to my room, I grabbed this big stack of DVDs, and I began to just hand one to everybody I saw at the festival as I walked through. I said, would you like a free DVD? Here's a DVD. Here's it. Didn't think anything about it. I was trying to get rid of this promotional That's thing that great. I brought. <laughs> well, I come back home. Months pass. And the next thing you know, I get a call. And uh, the person on the other line says, David, you don't know me from Adam, but you stuck a DVD into my hand at a film festival a few months back. And, um, and I didn't watch it for months. When I finally watched it, 
I got to the end, and I noticed that your area code is the same as mine. We're neighbors here in Tennessee. Can I take you to lunch? (laughs) And I said, sure, sure. I didn't know what he wanted, you know. So so I go out to lunch, and this producer sits down, and he slaps a three-page outline of a feature-length documentary with a custom soundtrack and all this that he wants to do on hummingbirds. Wow. And he said, David, I'd like you to be the host and narrator. And I said, well, now you realize that I think that these hummingbirds were designed, that they're not accidents, you know. And he said, oh, that's exactly the direction we want to head with this. And and I said, well, okay, but there's another small problem because, you know, hummingbirds are small, they can hover, and they're they're cute. How are you going to fill up a feature-length document? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was I to be surprised over the course of filming this document? It was called Refracted Glory, yeah. and it's called that because – Hummingbirds, their color shines through refraction. It's almost like a, uh, instead of uh, as opposed to well, reflection, as, as opposed to pigment colors, oh, okay, which many okay, times okay, pigment right. colors fade, right? Yeah. But refraction, like we see uh, in a soap bubble, you know, when you see the little bit of a mm-hmm. rainbow flash mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very vivid. And these little birds, they flap their wings at 80 times a second. Now, normal, you've got video going here at 30 frames a second, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you were to slow that down to 900 frames a second, what you would see is when these hummingbirds are hovering, their wings are flapping in a figure-eight pattern to maintain this hovering flight. Now, again, right before the break, I told you that their heartbeat— Somebody says that's an accident. Oh, I know. (laughs) But before the break, I told you that their heartbeat is 1,200 beats per minute. Yeah. That's fast, right? That sounds like a heart attack. Uh, if our heart beats a few hundred beats per minute, we better be headed to the emergency yeah, room. Yeah, okay? exactly. However, this is a major problem for the hummingbird because on a long, cold night, its metabolism would be too fast. It would run out of energy unless it continually got a new source of nectar. It'd have to be and eaten it would all the die. time. Yeah. So the first long, cold night that comes along after this creature evolves the ability to hover, it Passes out, dies, and that's the end of the hummingbird population, right? Yeah. Well, of course it's not. We still see hummingbirds today because there's a built-in mechanism. It's this – it's like a little miracle mechanism, Kevin. It's called torpor. And torpor shuts down the metabolism of the hummingbird from 1,200 beats per minute – get this. I'm going to pause for emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> to 35. Whoa. 35 beats per minute from 1,200 beats per minute. And the next morning – It wakes right up, and it flies away as if nothing ever happened. Now, this could not happen by chance. You see, this is an example of irreducible complexity. Mm -hmm. If the hummingbird didn't have the ability to slow down its metabolism from the very first day it was created, well, then we wouldn't see hummingbirds today. Yeah, they'd just go extinct. This is not a trial and error process. No, everything has to be in place from the very beginning. Right away. And so, uh, I mean, we could talk for literally hours on the hummingbird but that's just a taste of some of the things i'm going to show a little bit of footage from that documentary and talk about the hummingbird uh on saturday at the creation museum but uh they're incredible creatures i think they're god's little wonder they just inspire us because of their beauty and it's another example of something that's beautiful for no apparent reason 
And do do evolutionists have a response to what you're saying? So if somebody were to, what do they say? How do they evolve? I mean, what do they say? Well, they say that the the birds must have co-evolved with the flowers because certain flowers have to have the the correct distance down into the petals of the flower so that these long-beaked hummingbirds can get to it to pollinate it. And so they say, well, it just must have co-evolved all at the same time together so that everything was perfectly situated. And that's another impossibility. It's I mean, impossibility. I, it's not as if the flower, quote, the flower evolving knows that it needs to be perfect for the hummingbird. Uh, and, and that helps with pollination, too, and everything. That's right. So the, it's not just the hummingbird that's irreducibly complex. It's the whole system. The entire ecosystem is so balanced, so finely balanced. And you change that balance just a little bit, and you wouldn't see any life whatsoever in the entire yeah. Earth. And the environmental movement knows this too. What's is what's interesting is they're constantly fighting to. We've got to balance the ecosystem. We're going to upset the ecosystem over here. This animal goes extinct. We're going to upset that here. And yet they believe all these ex- ecosystems came into perfect balance by chance. Right. Which is absolutely ridiculous. But we have the ultimate environmentalist in God uh, who, who made it all so perfectly, right? Well, that's right. And, and to me, you see, I believe that we should be protecting the environment, uh, doing what we can. Yeah. But the idea human-based climate change, that we as humans can elevate ourselves to the position of God, that we're affecting the climate, yeah. that's that's really putting a really high, lofty opinion of ourselves, mm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because although we need to protect what God has placed us on this earth and given us dominion over— uh, your average volcano your average volcano is going to produce way more carbon imprint than you could possibly uh, produce— over years, the entire human population. Yeah, yeah. So we're I, not I, in control. We've got somebody who is, and he has it all so yeah. finely Yeah, and if we're balanced. counting on people to, to get it all right and to fix everything, I mean, people have been ruining things for ages, uh, and we see that happening even today. So, I mean, we, we obviously, we want to do the best we can, but if we're trying to do it all on our own, we're going to fail. And that doesn't matter whether it's as a culture together or whether it's on our own individually, right? We all you, need the Lord. So. You have to turn to the Lord at some yeah. point. Yes. Amen. My guest today is David Reeves. And uh, we've got a few more segments left. We're going to continue to talk about creation and evolution and some of the other evidences for why we should put our hope in the Bible as uh, because God knows best. He cares about us. He loves us. And he wants what's best for us. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. 
When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. How much time and money do you spend buying lattes and espresso drinks? Express Fix Coffee invites you to discover super automatic espresso machines for your home or office. Enjoy delicious coffee drinks at the push of a button. Dave Martin and his local team help you choose the perfect machine for you. Call Express Fix Coffee for new or used espresso machines, repairs, parts, or accessories. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Dave at 619-825-3985. There's got to be more. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Please check us out on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see us here in the studio. And uh, David Reeves is my guest today. He's all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Flew out here to uh, share with us here at the Creation Museum in Southern California. We have a fantastic Creation Museum with all kinds of exhibits and displays. I'm going to be speaking out there myself. Um, I'm going to be talking about genetics and um, the human body and how genetics actually gives us evidence for creation. Some uh, incredible stuff, cutting-edge stuff that's been happening in the uh, field of genetics and DNA and so forth. And then David is going to be talking about the fact that the Bible has science way ahead of its time, Then uh, stuff in there that's absolutely true, scientifically verified, and yet modern science didn't discover them till far after the Bible already had them in there. Uh, David, when we were off the air, you were talking a little bit about the paths of the seas. Can you share with our listeners uh, how that's what, what's going on in Scripture there? Yeah, absolutely. So when we read a scriptural reference, when we read through the Bible, it's easy to just read over certain things. Yeah. But there have been people of merit, intelligent people throughout history who have done more than just read over. They've actually paused to consider. And mm. so I just want to give you one example. And this is a man by the name of Matthew Fontaine Mari. He's known as Pathfinder of the Sea. And he lived in the mid-1800s. Basically, he was extremely ill one day, the story goes. And his daughter came in with a Bible. She sat down on a chair next to his bed, and she opened up that Bible. And she happened to open up to the Psalms. So she said, I'm going to read you some scripture here. And she began to read, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? As she read through Psalm 8, she got down to the part where it says, The fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas, O Lord our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Well, now at this point, Matthew Fontaine Mari sat up in bed, And he began to repeat, paths of the sea, paths of the sea. He said, if I ever get out of this bed, I'm going to figure out what it means by paths of the sea. Now, he didn't just read right over it. He stopped to consider. Yeah, that's something that most of us would just go, hey, well, that's a nice poetic reference. Exactly. Yeah. So he spent his life's effort charting the ocean currents and the paths of the seas, paths that ships still follow to this day. It's real. It's out there. And all it took was some man bold enough to say, 
you know, in this moment of trial, in this moment where I'm so down, I'm, I'm on my deathbed here, I'm extremely ill, but I want to serve the Lord, and I believe that the Bible has merit enough to be true in everything it says, mm. to have meaning in everything it says. And so this simple passage, he charted the ocean currents in the past of the sea, and there's a, a, a monument in Virginia in his honor right now. You can still go and see it today. It says, Matthew Fontaine Mari, Pathfinder of the Seas, the genius who first snatched from the oceans and atmosphere the secret of their laws. It says, his inspiration, holy writ, or I would say, Bible knows best. That's fantastic. So when we look through all of the different scientific fields, whether that be oceanography or astronomy or geology or paleontology or genetics, as you were just mentioning, uh, we find again and again that the Bible appears to have been way ahead of its time, scientifically accurate, any time it mentions science. Now, why would that be? Uh, Atheists criticize us all the time. They say, David, the the Bible is a collection of myths, of fairy tales written Mm. by ancient sheep herders, right? Yeah. But it's actually kind of true the Bible was written by many sheep herders. They knew nothing about science. So why would the Bible be scientifically correct if it was written by sheep herders? However, if the Bible is the inspired Word of God and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was on those sheep herders when they wrote those words, then that makes sense. Absolutely. And what's interesting, too, is that the Bible says that God uses the foolish to confound the wise. And so here you have people that, hey, they shouldn't have known any better. But isn't that the whole point? Um, the point is, is you've got the scripture validating what we're learning in science. And uh, that is all the more reason to believe that it's inspired by God, just like you're saying. So it is. that is so cool. It's encouraging. You it, know, and, it is, and, yeah. Uh, I talk to people all the time. They say, David, we, we really don't need this. We believe what it says. You know, we're Christians. We we. Believe it. You don't need to tell us this. And I'm like, listen, I have faith that everything I read in my Bible is true from beginning to end, Mm. but it's not a blind faith. Oh, yeah. The evidence is all around us. All we have to do is open our eyes and look. Yeah, and I hear people all the time, you know, they say, kind of like what you said, they say, hey, you know, I believe the Bible, and and that's that's good enough for me. But I've had conversations with uh, Mormons, and they say the same thing. And I say, so what would you say to the Mormon who said, well— I believe my bu- my book's true, right. you know, and uh, you say, I believe my book's true. And, and so, you know, what now, right? <laughs> and so I go, well, if we actually look at the evidence, um, we see that the Bible is confirmed through science, archaeology, history, logic, all these things. Uh, but there is no book like the Bible, not the Book of Mormon, not the Quran, not any other book. And the reality is, is we have, like you said, good reason to put our faith in the Word of God. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's another really neat point that, yes, there are many different books and things that are considered Scripture by certain religious people, mm-hmm. right? You know, you've got the Quran and you've got the Book of Mormon. You've got all of these things that are considered Scripture. You know, mm-hmm. they're held to with authority. Sure. But there are 66 books, uh, even even the Apocrypha in certain groups, right? But there's one thing that all of the major Christian, every denomination, Catholics, Mormons, everybody would agree with, yeah. and that is the 66 books. So I think it's curious that out of all of these different denominations and ideas and groups, you've got 66 books that people agree on. They yeah. Some try to add more, some try to take but. But 66 books, yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah. That's powerful. That That means that instinctively we realize there's something special about those books. Well, yeah, even even, um, 
a lot of people don't know this, but I'm teaching Islam right now in my class, uh, critically teaching Islam, and they believe in the first five books of the Bible. They believe in the Psalms. They believe in the Gospels. Um, Now they say that they've been corrupted by Jews and Christians, but there's no evidence for that. And so uh, even that, and, and, you know, I like what you're saying about Romans chapter one. You know, we look at the stars, we look at creation, and it speaks loudly to our hearts that we are not just an animal. And uh, all the more reason for us to reject evolution and put our hope in God's word and on creation. Well, astronomy is, is one of my deepest passions because, you know, from an early age, I started to use these big telescopes. It quickly graduated to observatory class telescopes that we at our ministry use to take these beautiful astrophotography photos that have been featured in books around the world and in high school textbooks. And, and that's something you that your ministry is still doing is taking these photos? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, it still remains one of our most popular topics. And of course, I feel very strongly about it because we're told that the Big Bang is as far back in origin's history as you can go. And no, I put that in air quotes, right? Know that the Big Bang took place 14 billion years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a lot of people stick with human evolution and biological evolution and geological evolution and these sort of things. But if we were to track it all the way back to the very origin of things, most secular scientists would try to track it back to the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. 14 billion years ago, a a rapid expansion of space-time sent matter and energy reeling outward, created the universe as it went, and then all of a sudden, all of that universe, uh, the universal matter started to form into different objects like galaxies, nebula, planets, stars, and so on. But the Big Bang is an origins theory in that it tries to determine the origin of space and time, but it's not an origins theory because it doesn't address where the matter came from. Mm. If we were to go back to the very first verse of Scripture, talking about Bible knows best again, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The beginning was the origin of time. God created the heaven and the earth. That's space and matter right there. So the origin of space, time, and matter, the three basic components of the entire universe, are found in the first verse of the Bible. While secular theories of Big Bang can only attempt to postulate the origin of time and space, not the matter. That's very good, yeah. And uh, it's interesting because I interviewed Lawrence Krauss, the the astrophysicist who says everything came from nothing. Is that something you're hearing out there too, this idea that everything made from – how do you respond to somebody who said, well, everything could have come from nothing? Well, there's really no (laughs) way to – there's no way to respond to that because that is uh, never been observed. Yeah, Uh, We've never observed anything coming from nothing. Yeah, we can can take energy and shape it into matter or we can see this happening, but you have to have the energy there. Where did the energy? come from yeah. okay so it always comes back to a, a a beginning point that has to have a creator a designer an orchestrator and that's something that can't happen if the universe is a cosmic accident and what would you say to the person that says well maybe the universe has always existed well how and why would that make sense hmm. logically why would that make sense yeah Be- i mean you always have to have a beginning you can try to try to say an eternal universe if you want to but yeah. everything we've seen has a, a beginning right and the big bang 
unless you're going with multiverse or string theory or one, yeah, one of these yeah. other things. The Big Bang is still currently accepted, and NASA says, although there are big questions with the Big Bang that will probably never be answered, uh, that can never be proved— that's still what we believe. That's yeah. what NASA says. Yeah. The Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics said, what powered the Big Bang? Where did all the stuff in the universe come from in the first place? Mm. And they don't propose an explanation because they believe that there was an origin, the Big Bang, but magically it somehow just happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And, and I, I think it's, it is, like you said, it's akin to magic. And if you believe that everything came from nothing, I mean, that's uh, more of a miracle, honestly, than Christ rising from the dead for you to say that a universe 28 billion light years across all just came from nothing. Well, let's, let's think it through logically just really quick. Okay, so the Big Bang. Nobody was around 14 billion years ago to see it. It can't be repeated in a lab. It can't be observed, okay? Uh, human evolution. We've never seen life coming from non-life, spontaneous generation from abiogenesis, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we've never seen a star form. We have seen stars appear when a nebulous cloud moves out of the way, but we've never seen a star form. Mm. And so all of those things are taken by faith. Well, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary definition for religion is a faith-based belief held to with ardor. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to tell you what to think about those, but just think that through. All of those things that atheistic science is telling us, their faith-based belief and they will not let them go. They hold to them with with ardor and fervor. Oh yeah, dogmatically. What does that mean? Evolution. And, it, and they become very angry if if you uh, contradict that view. Or many of them do. Not all of them, but many many people who hold those those views do. And that that really brings into question whether your beliefs are based on science or whether they're based off some other need to believe. My guest today is David Reeves, and we're going to be right back. For 36 years, Fast Lane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fast Lane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride. 619-222-0766. FastLaneSailing.com. At Dana Landing Arena across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hi, I'm Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit Conover homes.com. 
Hi, this is Kevin Conover. Will you please donate to Educate for Life so we can share the truth of God's word with kids in public schools? You can donate online at donatetoefl.org. The Bible used to be read in public schools on a regular basis prior to the 1960s. But today, most kids are completely clueless when it comes to the content and the historical and scientific accuracy of the Bible. Please help us by donating online at donatetoefl.org. I will cast my cares on you. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. You can go on there, check out all kinds of shows that I have uh, from previous guests I've interviewed um, and things that are science-oriented and also other things that are not so science-oriented. I recently interviewed... Um, Former homosexual doctor for Dr. Christopher Yu- Yuan. He is a uh, he was a Chinese uh, homosexual drug dealer. If that, that's a mouthful, but uh, his testimony is incredible. He he ended up being arrested by the police and uh, was in prison. And he saw a writing on the wall, right? Uh, that's that's ironic from the Bible, right? Uh, he saw a writing on the wall that said, uh, "If you're bored, read this. Read the Bible." And uh, he ended up finding a Bible in a trash can, a Gideon Bible, ended up reading the Bible, accepted Christ in prison, and today he has his doctorate in human sexuality. He travels the world talking about what causes homosexuality and how you can have freedom in Christ, and he shares the gospel and how Christ saved him. So uh, amazing interviews um, that you can listen to and be encouraged by and uh, that you can share with your friends uh, to encourage them and inspire them. This world needs hope. Um, If there's anything that uh, people are dying for, it's hope. Uh, there's so much out there to bring you down. You see tragedies in the news all day long. And so what we want to do is provide the hope of Jesus Christ through the testimonies of those who have been impacted by him. And my guest today is David Reeves, somebody who has uh, dedicated his life to sharing the gospel through creation. And uh, davidreeves.com, that's R-I-V-E-S. And uh, please check it out. There's all kinds of resources there. David, I was asking you on the break um, what kind of shows you have? 24 hours you have um, programs going on uh, from all kinds of ministries. Share with us some of the ministries that are uh, airing there on your show. Okay, so Genesis Science Network is a free 24-7 TV network that you can get online on Roku, on Amazon Fire TV, on Apple TV, on your smartphones and tablets. And we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of content from Answers in Genesis, Institute for Creation Research, Creation Ministries International, uh, Creation Today, you, you, you name it, uh, plus everything that we produce. And we've got a, a growing body of about 100 different uh, products that we produce, uh, you can get them all streaming 24-7. It's a great witnessing tool That for is such friends. a valuable resource. And you can reach all of that from our, our, our hub site, which is just davidrives.com. And I also can, uh, would love to tell people, if you are interested in this kind of thing, sign up for our free email updates. And also, you're going to find a button on there that takes you to the Creation Club magazine. It's a brand new magazine we just started, okay. uh, and it's a free subscription. So if you've got – if you're a homeschooler, if you've got children, if you yourself are interested in this, subscribe. You're going to get – a magazine, a print magazine delivered to your door once a month that has all of these articles on creation science, um, and it tackles all of these different issues in an easy-to-understand way. That's fantastic, you know, because I just had a student text me yesterday, literally yesterday. He was a previous student. He's in college. He's writing a paper in, um, I believe it's a philosophy class he's in. 
first uh, freshman year of college, and it's on. Um, he has to debate creation evolution. Okay. And there it is, right in his class, right. Wow. And he said, uh, "Mr. Conover, I need the top three arguments." for why creation is true and evolution is false. And here with this resource, I mean, a lot of students are going to be able to go there. They're going to be able to watch that, get all this information free from experts from, uh, who, who are on the cutting edge of this kind of stuff. So Absolutely. that is really great. Um, I wanted to uh, read this quote. This is from um, a, a statistician, a Christian statistician named George Barna. It says, its 2017 survey revealed that statistically a very small amount of younger people have a biblical worldview. Only 4% of 18 to 30-year-olds and 7% of 30 to 49-year-olds. We are in a crisis, Barna said. If the church does not wake up and solve it, biblical Christianity in the United States is in jeopardy. Um, is that what you're seeing too? I mean, what's what's the, you know, you've got your pulse on this. You're constantly uh, talking about this. What are you seeing around the country? What are the trends you're seeing? And, and what would be your message to the church and to Christians out there about uh, how they can make a difference? Well, you know, you always... Ha- hate to be a Debbie Downer, you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it is a fairly grim situation. Yeah. We have seen some progress in the last few years of people much more open to at least exploring the possibilities of biblical accuracy. Yeah. But at the same time, the younger generation really aren't being reached. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's through, uh, it's just because of the indoctrination in the school system where only, I, I'm going to say this, only the religion of evolution is allowed mm. to be taught. Every other religion is pushed away. Yeah. We can talk about the religion of evolution, the magical idea that somehow spontaneously life popped into existence in the universe through this this supernatural process, but we can't talk about a biblical idea that there is a creator God who cares about us mm. and who formed us fearfully and wonderfully made with a purpose. Yeah. And so I think that that's been a major challenge, but it's really— you know, we can send our children to church all we want. They're getting one day of church. They're getting multiple days of school. And when they're not in school, they flip on that TV or they open up the Internet and they're being pounded or they flip open a, a children's a four-year-old's dinosaur book mm-hmm. and they're still being indoctrinated yeah. with the very same thing that they were being taught in science class in their schools just moments before. Yeah. And so we've got a major challenge on our hands. We have to let people know uh, we have to reach the younger generation. And that's what we have been trying to do over the last few years with our ministry is to equip an older generation so that they can reach a younger generation. Yeah, that's what I find interesting too is that when I speak at churches and I'm talking to adults and I ask them, uh, how many of you are aware of what I just shared here in this sermon? And uh, there's maybe 5% of the congregation that actually is aware of the information. So the church really just has to become informed and knowledgeable about these issues. It's not an option anymore. And they have to realize the importance of it. Because yeah. you see, we can we can say all day long, yeah, we believe the Bible. It's not really important to talk about these things. But when we realize that the, the next generation is at stake, if we don't talk about scientific principles and how the Bible backs that up, uh, how we aren't cosmic accidents. Now, mm. I'd like to, in a minute here, uh, just turn it back around to the heavens because yeah. when I peer through my telescope at the vast nature of the universe, I see this giant cosmos just filled with stars and galaxies and nebula, and I say, boy, this is beautiful. Yeah. But then I realize that in that vast cosmos, we're just this little speck. Carl Sagan called it a pale blue dot, and it really is. It's just this little speck. But it is so special, so significant, because 
God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to this planet to save us from our sins and offer us eternal life with him. And Isaiah 45 clearly says, Thus saith the Lord, God himself who formed the earth and made it, he created it to be established. The earth is a special place, and we need to remember to give God the glory, not worship the created thing, but to worship the creator and that points us back around to our Savior who was sent to this earth. Amen. Amen. And I, I often tell people, God's determination of value does not depend on how big you are. It depends on the fact that he can have a relationship with you and he can love you. He Amen. can't love a galaxy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he can love you. So I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I hope you have a fantastic Saturday. DavidReeves.com, R-I-V-E-S. Fantastic resource for you. David, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you so much, Kevin. Okay. Have a a great Saturday, and uh, I hope you'll tune in next Saturday also. We're going to have a a bunch of uh, fantastic guests next Saturday, so uh, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, all over the web, and my website, educateforlife.org. God bless you. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcast and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. <laughs>